0: You're listening to the Gates Church podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Good morning, everybody. Uh, As Bryce said, my name is Blair. I'm one of the pastors here at the Gate, and uh, it's my privilege to be with you here this morning and have the opportunity to uh, share the message with you, to share from God's Word, and hopefully grow together as we do that. Um, This morning. I wanted to start out by saying this morning is unusual for me. Um, Hopefully it's not that unusual for you, but I'll tell you why it is for me. It's because usually at the gate when uh, Greg or I gets to share the message and and give a sermon, it's within the framework of series, right? So we uh, often will actually go through a book of the Bible and verse by verse, and that's our sermon series is through a particular book. Uh, other times we have topics or, or just parts of scripture where we're working through um, on a topic or an idea. And uh, that's what we have been doing uh, up until last week in Matthew chapter 6. We spent a few months uh, going slowly through the Lord's Prayer and, and growing in prayer as we did that. And that was good. Um, but here we are. We find ourselves... At the end of the last sermon series, and a couple weeks before we begin the next sermon series, which is going to be about Advent and preparing our hearts for celebrating Jesus' birth at Christmas time, and so, what should we talk about? <laughs> this is uh, a rhetorical question for you, but it was an actual question for me as I thought about this week and and prayed about it, and I was asking God what we should talk about, and What would be useful and meaningful for us, and what we can be growing in and challenged by, and all of this stuff. Um, And I wasn't surprised, actually, when I felt strongly and quite, quite quickly, I had my answer. Um, I knew what I wanted to share this morning, and and so um, we'll get there in a moment. But first, I want to play a game. Um, Don't worry, it's short and full contact. So get ready for this. Um, I'm going to ask. Uh, it's not a question. I'm going to make a statement, but it's incomplete. I'm sure there's a game show or like some kind of game where you do this, but I don't know what that show is called. Anyways, as your game show host, I'm going to uh, propose a statement to you. And if you think you know how it finishes i'll invite you to complete the sentence for me um and we're only going to do this once you have one opportunity as it were so if you think you know it say it and some of you will get it and some of you won't that's how games work so don't feel <laughs> worried if you don't get it because I'm going to explain it after um but the statement is this that christianity is not a religion it is a Whoa! You guys are fast. I think Greg was the fastest, though. He cheated. He looked at my notes. We talk. Um, So what is that? Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. Many of us have heard this before. I've heard this before. I've probably even said it before. That Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. So this morning I want to... Consider this statement uh, to challenge maybe how we think about this and ask ourselves whether it's true in the first place, and then go from there. We're going to be talking about the relationship that we are supposed to have with God. Um, But first of all, I want to give some advice in terms of when and where we say this, because I think we, uh, we... we want to say that christianity is not a religion it's a relationship as a way of evangelizing people or telling people who don't believe and we need to be really careful when we do that because if we're telling an unbeliever that christianity is not a religion it's a relationship to many people this does not make sense it sounds fundamentally untrue because to that person christianity is a religion right of course it is. And so when we say, well, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, it can confuse people, or at worst we can come off as, as I don't know, sounding superior or something like this. So be aware of that. Now, there's nothing wrong with saying it if this person is open to what you're saying or perhaps curious about what you believe. Um, but I wanted to say that from the get-go before we um, continue with this idea about a relationship with God. So as I thought about it, what I would maybe prefer that we say or how we think about this statement is something like this, that without relationship, Christianity is just another religion for us as believers. Without a relationship, Christianity will be just another religion. And that is to say that without a personal relationship to God, that the things which make up the rest of what we do and believe don't have the same meaning or weight that they can or should have for when we do have a personal relationship with God. In other words, all of the the coming to church, singing songs, even reading the Word and, and practicing the things that we feel we're supposed to do, our beliefs and so on, if we don't have a connection in our hearts with God... Then it doesn't. We're going to find ourselves coming up empty, uh, possibly frustrated or disillusioned with what we're supposed to be experiencing and what we read about in the Bible, because the key ingredient of relationship is missing. So I want to talk about this this morning because it matters to me. I've um, I've observed this in my life, right? When I when I neglect my this aspect of my faith. My, the way that I'm relating to God in a personal and intimate and open way, then I do find myself feeling frustrated or, or distant or, or having all sorts of problems. And I've, I'm also afraid that many of us, Christians in general, are tempted to do this. Um, so it's important for me, it's important for us, and as your pastor I care about this, the way that we are uh, not only having a relationship with God but growing in it. I was reading A.W. Tozer, and he put it like this. Many Christians go through life trying to love an ideal and be loyal to a mere principle. So we may engage, like I said, with spiritual concepts, with the religious side of, of Christianity and what we're being taught and things like that. But what about the heart connection between us and God, the living God? Is it there? Or are we neglecting it? And if we are, I believe that the underlying effect of neglecting our relationship with God is just this, that we're going through life, we're trying to love a a principle or a concept, which, let's be honest, can't love us back. You may be wondering if, I'm exaggerating this point, or if God really wants us to have a relationship with him. Um, So I would challenge you to look in the Bible, and, and from my findings, the answer to that question would be a resounding yes. Yes, God is personal, and he does want you to have what we would call a relationship with him. In the Old Testament, God pursues his people. He speaks to them. He he corrects them. He loves them. He dwells with them. He listens to them. He invites them to life with him. And in the New Testament, it's all the more. And, and I realized as I was writing this message that this is actually a natural kind of continuation of the Lord's Prayer conversation that we've been having. Um, so... Why don't we go back and remind ourselves quickly what what we have learned in the Lord's Prayer? Um, How does Jesus teach us to address God in prayer? How do we begin? We say, our Father, our Father in heaven. And there are ways that we complicate this, which I'm actually going to touch on a little bit later, but the, the basic point is, as Jesus has shown us, we're on familial terms with God. Of all the things that Jesus could have, have, have brought to us and, and taught us to say as we come to, to the to the God of the universe, he tells us to pray, to begin our prayer by saying, Our Father. So not only should we come to God like our Father or, or pray to him with those words, our Father, but we should um, treat him like that too and and What I mean by this is, just before the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us in Matthew 6, 6, go to your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is present in the secret place. Your Father who sees what you do in secret will reward you. So Jesus teaches us this to to actually spend our time with our Father. Again, not just a platonic statement that God's the Father, but to dwell with him, to spend our time here with him intentionally building this relationship and jesus didn't just teach this he did it we can read in a variety of places mark chapter one shows us that very early in the morning while it was still dark he got up he went out and made his way to a deserted place and he was praying there simon and his companions went searching for him which is hilarious They found him. (laughs) And Jesus is like, darn. Uh, He was trying to get some alone time. But they found him and, and said, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let's go on to the neighboring villages so that I might preach there. This is why I've come. So he went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So, as a, as a follower of Jesus, as Christians, do we desire to have a connection with God, this relationship? Do we desire this to happen? If the answer to that question is yes, then I encourage you to continue pursuing the Lord in prayer and to make it a priority in the way that you structure your days and spend your time. Um, Jesus' schedule was clearly hectic. Uh, his life was demanding. And yet, in spite of that, he he would get up while it was still dark, go out, spend time alone with his father before his disciples woke up and went out to find him. Uh, I shouldn't say in spite of his busy schedule. It was probably because of the demands that were placed on Jesus that he did this, right? He knew that he had to be uh, connected to the vine, to use his metaphor, in order to do what he uh, needed to accomplish. So how foolish are we to think that we can get through our day and life without doing this ourselves. We should be steadfast in practicing this. After all, if a relationship is going to exist and grow, this is how it's going to happen. with communication with time spent together. And so, I meant to say this at the beginning, but I think that this is important for us, regardless of where you might find yourself because i know that some of us come here this morning and we do have a great personal connection with god our father you know with prayer and and so on and yet others would would come here this morning and hear me saying these things and have no idea where that even begins right like what do you mean i'm supposed to relate to god in a personal way that doesn't make sense to me but we should think about this or we can compare it to Human relationships. So, on the one hand, you have uh, people who once got along. Maybe they were friends. Maybe they were family or whatever. But now they they have no relationship because there's negativity between them. There's animosity, and they don't they don't speak. There's um, there's no love there. What would it take for those two people to have a relationship again, of some kind? It would take work and an intentionality and an investment and time spent, humility, sacrifice, conversations, and discussions, and so on. On the other hand, you can imagine a couple of people who have been best friends for a very long time. They have an awesome relationship. They love each other. They get along. They, you know, It's filled with happiness, and it's been that way for, for a long, long time. And you could ask them, well, how did this happen, right? Like, why are you guys still such great friends after all of this time? And they would tell you, it wasn't an accident. It's because we invested in this, right? We 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 put ourselves into this by, by loving each other and, and communicating and spending time together and going through peaks and valleys and enduring to the place we are now. As well, I can guarantee you that they would say, if this relationship was going to continue to be healthy and thriving, that these all of these ingredients would still be happening, they would continue to invest, right? And so it is with us and in our relationship to God. Regardless of, of, you may find yourself all the way over here, or all the way over there, but in either case, the, the necessity is the same: for us to invest, to to dwell with God, to find ourselves in his presence, in prayer, and practicing these things and spending time with him if if the relationship is going to happen or grow at all. So we can shift gears for a moment and talk about the reasons why this might not be happening. Like I said, it's um, many of us might find ourselves identifying with Christ, we believe, uh, we have faith, but we're missing this very important part of it where we are actually connected to God, our Father. So how does this happen, or why, and and what can we do about it? Um, there's a couple of natural things to talk about. The first one is where Jesus teaches us to come to prayer and say, uh, Our Father in Heaven. Um, I was thinking about this, and... And when we say those words, it actually doesn't matter what kind of baggage you have from your parents, you just have it. So you you may have had terrible parents, or you may have had fantastic loving parents, but regardless, they were still human beings, right? They were imperfect parents. And so I'm afraid that if we come to God and we pray our Heavenly Father without realizing who he is and that he's not like our worldly parents, whoever that may be, then we're going to have a hard time having a genuine relationship with God because we're imposing our human uh, understandings of, of parents and so on onto God. We're projecting those onto him. And when we do that, we're not doing ourselves any favors because that's not who God is. Like I said, even if you had awesome parents, that's still not who God is. Who is he? He's God. He's holy. He's mighty. He's loving. He's gracious. He's forgiving. He's fair and just and perfect in all of his ways. And we can read about this and know him as we come to his word. And so if we're going to relate to god the father we have to know what kind of father he is right and the only way to do this i believe is by reading scripture and filling our minds with the truth of who he is Um, being a parent myself is an adventure to say the least it's it's humbling and fantastic every day is filled with blessings and and uh, ways that i get to enjoy my kids, and connect with them. But I've noticed something about my kids, and it's that their desire for my attention and affection and love is bottomless. It's without end. And if if you are a parent or you've been one, you probably know what I'm talking about. My kids are quite young still. But it would seem that I could do, if I did nothing else than just play with them and, and you know, follow them around. And it, it doesn't even matter to them most of the time what we're doing as long as Chris Lynn or I are there doing it with them, right? That's what they want. It would seem more than anything. It means the world to them if, if we just spend our time with them. The rest is just details. And so as I was thinking about that, I realize that we, once again, are, are to be like children in our faith, to have childlike faith. And there's a reason for that, and that's because God is our Heavenly Father, right? There's a connection between being like children and God being our Father, I think. And, and so, what I'm saying is, in terms of having a relationship with God, I would encourage us to to look at the way that children desire the relationship of their parents. They desire that they, they just crave being with their mom or dad. And and it doesn't like I said, it's almost irrelevant what it is they're doing. They just they long for that uh presence, just to be present. We should be like this. We should be persistent in our desire. To, to be in the presence of our Heavenly Father, to sit with him, to speak with him, uh, to live and work with him, to hear him speak, and all these things, right? And as we do this, and as we do this in the truth of the word, I believe that we're going to find our Heavenly Father who is um, obviously above and beyond any other human relationship that we could possibly have, including that of, of our fathers and mothers so um you know well while, while human parents like myself we're we're finite we only have so much time in the day i only have so much time and energy to, to play and spend with my kids um but god's not like that right when we come to him he's not stressed out he's not too tired from dealing with other people and their problems or or whatever he's not distracted or absent or or incapable of connecting with us, or whatever, like I said it doesn't whatever whatever we project on him as a human parent is just not true he 's God he 's good he 's perfect he 's our father in heaven. James teaches us about this um, <clears throat> James chapter 4, I'm going to read a larger portion, but first I just want to read James 4, verse 8, where James says this, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So in the case of James, the reason he's talking about sin, purifying our hearts, repentance, and stuff like that is because chapter 4 is a warning against um basically pursuing things other than the relationship we're supposed to have with God. And he's identified that problem with Christians, so he's challenging them and trying to correct them. But in the middle of this verse, in chapter 8, is this promise. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Come near to God, he will come near to you as you do that. The point is, if you want your relationship with God to exist and grow, Draw near to him. Find him there as you pursue him. Like I said, it's one thing to, to sit there and say, oh, you know, my relationship with God stinks because he never shows up or speaks to me or does anything like that. But, but if you looked at two people who were doing that, of course they don't have a relationship because they're not investing and and trying and, and pursuing each other in any way. We have to draw near to God for this thing to happen. And there's a promise there that as we do this, he will draw near to us. And this looks different for each of us. For some of us, as James is teaching, this will be a process of repentance, um, a change of heart. I'm going to read earlier in James chapter 4, 2 to 6a, where James says this. You long for something you don't have, so you commit murder. You're jealous for something you can't get, so you struggle and fight. You don't have because you don't ask. You ask and you don't have because you ask with evil intentions to waste it on your own cravings. You unfaithful people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. Or do you suppose that scripture is meaningless? Doesn't God long for our faithfulness in the life that he's given us? But he gives us more grace. So like I said, James is rebuking the Christian who um, claims the name of Jesus but continues to pray for things and then waste what God's blessed them with on their own evil intentions and desires and sin. But in this rebuke, we read how God looks on us with grace, right? And we can also hear that uh, the relationship at work, too, because he says, well, or do you think the scripture is meaningless? Well, God has given you this life, and he longs for your faithfulness in the life that he's given to you. But he gives more Grace. So the point is, as we look around ourselves and we wonder why maybe we're disconnected with God in a personal way, again, I want to remind you to draw near to God, to draw near to Him and to to continually build into the relationship that He so clearly intends for us to have with Him. And when we ignore this as Christians, we shoot ourselves in the foot. When we remove relationship from this faith, Um, we're not left with much more than the religion, so to speak. And we're missing out on the life that God's made for us through Jesus. And for the most part, I don't think that the key to doing this is um, anything new that we haven't heard. Like I said, I'm basically reminding us to put into practice what we've been learning uh, from the Lord's Prayer to, to pray just to pray, to speak to God, and to be persistent in doing that. To spend time with him um, on your own, quietly, like Jesus did. To so open your Bible and to, to ask for his spirit to speak to you as you read. To teach you what you need to know and to meet you there. God will draw near to us as we do that. We need to lean on that truth. Of course, uh, prayer is not the only way that our relationship with God grows. It's, it it can happen in all sorts of different ways, whether it's, um, serving or, or, uh, you know, studying God's Word or spending time with, uh, in relationship with other Christians and community, as we call it. Um, it happens naturally and organically as we do all these things in our life, but I think that prayer is the place to begin and actually to stay as we long for this relationship with god keep praying and don't stop and while we do this our relationship with god will grow like i said it will go through ups and downs um, as we journey but the difference of between ups and downs with a human relationship and ups and downs with the god of the universe is while our circumstances change and we do go through challenges he never changes Right God is faithful, and He remains the same to us in his in His love and in the grace that He pours out to us in this relationship and and so on and so we can be encouraged to know that so is Christianity a religion or a relationship? Well, for Christians, it is about relationship it's true let's remember this this morning let's draw near to god um, let's repent of pursuing other things let's renew our hearts in the desire to to know god to know him and be known by him to have intimacy with the lord and we can ask for this from his holy spirit right we can ask even just for god to renew our desire for this for the relationship to grow and he will give us that i know that as we seek god in this way he's more than faithful to meet us there um as well in prayer we may need to ask ourselves and think seriously about the sources of of distractions or, the, or what are the things that might be um preventing us from having a right relationship with god and this is not on god's side he is faithful and just but perhaps with us what's going on in our hearts and lives that have been um that has caused us to push god away and resist him Is there sin clouding our vision? Um, is my view of God not based on Scripture? Is it? Is it? Am I imposing something else on Him that's just not true, or or expectations on Him that He um, is not obligated to fulfill, or, or something? I don't know what it is, but God does. God knows what's going on between you and Him and your relationship, and so I encourage you to pray about this. Um, and to be very open and real with God as you pray and not think that you need to. Um, well, we can't hide anything. <laughs> so when we come to God and pray and we and we pretend, there's no point in doing that. So if if you're at the place where where you aren't connected and the relationship doesn't feel like it's there, talk to him about that. And like I said, ask him to teach you and lead you in the ways that you can be growing closer to Him, um, you can start doing this now. We can you can pray here this morning. Um, in a little bit, the band will come up and we'll sing together again. Um, but we're also going to be taking communion first, and um, we have a prayer team. So if you're wanting a person to pray with you about something that we've talked about this morning, or just in general. Uh, our prayer leaders will be standing in the back corner over there, and I would encourage you to to go to them and and, and not be shy about that, um, to, to make your requests known to them and have them uh, lift you up in prayer, if that's what you need. Like I said, we'll also be taking communion. And in communion, we have the reminder that all of this has been Provided for us, not by what we've done, but through Jesus' death for us um, sin in essence, one way to uh summarize, i suppose the effects of sin it's that we on our own aren't capable of having a right relationship with a holy God, right. As people who are not holy and and a God who is, we can't actually come to him properly in sin. But the good news is that the death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection has fixed that for us. So what was broken is no longer broken. Jesus took the mess of sin and he made it right on our behalf, so that we can have a right relationship with God. Paul teaches us about this in Second Corinthians, and before we take the Lord's Supper, I want us to consider what he says. Second Corinthians five, seventeen to nineteen. He died for the sake of all, so that those who are alive should not live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. So then from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards. Even though we used to know Christ by human standards, it isn't how we know him now. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away. And look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, who gave us this ministry of reconciliation. In other words... God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ by not counting people's sins against them, And this was all accomplished through Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection three days later. We now live and know God and have a personal relationship with him through the cross. So while the world is fallen away from this right relationship with God because of sin, like I said, the good news is that Jesus repairs this brokenness in a way that we were incapable of doing on our own. And the result, as Paul says, is new life, relationship with God, one where we can personally know and experience and be transformed by the love of our Heavenly Father and and also share that with the world.